Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator, Runaway Ralph, On the Far Side of the Mountain, My Teacher Fried My Brains, Rescue of the Unicorn. Our fifth chapter is all about second installments to books of reliterated episodes past, which sequels were worthy successors, and which were just there to be the next book. We'll discuss this and much more on Reliterated, Reiterated, Chapter 5. Let's talk. Welcome to Reliterated, Reiterated, the episode where your favorite lowbrow book club discusses the books we read in the past few episodes, cover what we missed, and discuss this latest chapter as a whole, as well as talk about whatever we want. As usual, we give you a fair warning. We use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. And this uh, this week we are having a roundtable discussion, virtually, of course, with everybody in different places. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm Harold. I'm Josh. And I'm Janelle. What the shit? Oh, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> This week we brought back a uh, friend of the show, Janelle, and officially our hype girl. We have given her that uh, that official title for the show because uh, she's been making some moves, wheeling and dealing. And uh, do we want to make that announcement now? Or uh, man, I think it's the opener is fine. I, yeah, the opener is fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, anybody want to handle the uh, the the big reveal? Maybe you, Janelle, because you're the the hype girl that made this happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should I tell the whole story of how I did it? Not the I think whole it's story. A, the you whole... don't want to start in August 2017. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Fuck you, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Not Give every story your starts uncle summary. there. <laughs> I don't do Bob's your uncle summary. So we I know think, this. I think I think we've mentioned before that we made we're been working to make Janelle the social media guru um, to Andy's behest. And I've been really pushing for it, and she has proven herself with this one to me. Yeah, so I uh, took some screenshots of conversations to Twitter, tagged Bruce Coville in them, and he agreed to do an interview with us on the show. So we're working on that. It's super exciting. I I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to him, because I realized uh, we had read My Teacher's an Alien, we read My Teacher Fried My Brains... And I was thinking, you know, oh, there's these other books in his list that we've been looking at. And I really didn't look at his other books. And then as we're talking about this, I see he wrote Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher. And then I see he wrote Goblins in the Castle. And I have these clear memories of these books. And as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, man, uh, along with R.L. Stein, Bruce Colville ended up actually being an author I read a lot as a kid. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of other uh, kids who, who grew up reading Bruce's work. So uh, I wonder if it would be too uh, weird to call him Bruce right off the bat. Maybe we should. <laughs> we'll start with Mr. Coville. <laughs> Mr. Yes, Coville. we will start. We- <laughs> well, well, I already called him Bruce in messages. Just call me so Bruce. <laughs> he could tell us to I call him Bruce. <laughs> I, already, I already went there. So, um. <laughs> Did you go there right away? Um, I don't think that I started with either name but in the message that i sent him today to like kind of give him an update i started it with bruce so (laughs) (laughs) just right off the bat i was like okay yep i I have a feeling based on based on his writing and and how how personable he's been thus far with you that he probably is cool with bruce he seems like he'd be pretty informal sounds like we got our first question (laughs) yeah what do you prefer to be called 
High Exalted One or uh, Alien. World's Greatest Author. Uh. <laughs> well, being, Bruce, being Bruce Coville, I imagine that if he was going to make up a name, he would just go for the stars with it and come up with something like Brick Snap Cocklin or something. <laughs> I'd be like, what? Where'd you come up with that name? <laughs> it's not an normal or it'd be name. Like, or it'd be like uh, Gary Grayshaw. Gary Grayshaw. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. What if though, between that metric is where his names land <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, I think this is what they call in the business a good get. Yes. So we're, yes. we're going to be bringing a, an interview with Bruce Coville, a beloved children's author, some point in the near future. So uh, if you happen for, to listen to this, sir, we're very excited. We're very excited to have you on. <laughs> Absolutely. And we we, we want to make sure we, we do this right by you. So, yep. Uh, yeah. This last chapter we have, we covered sequel books, uh, books uh, that are follow-ups to books we've already done in past episodes. Yes. And we introduced the Bob's your uncle summary. Yes, which has become <laughs> one of my favorite parts uh, about the, the whole thing is trying to come up with a an immediate summary based on it. My reading, <laughs> yeah, and I I, I think it's going to do us pretty well going with that format. Um, I notice in like our download numbers that we get a lot of like downloads for the first couple of books we did, Charlotte's Web. Okay, good. Then the, the Goosebumps book, Welcome to Dead House. Yeah. And then it drops off. It starts to drop off at episode three, Maniac McGee, which, although it's a very good book, we went into detail. Real detail. Very, very, very (laughs) deep detail. Very deep episodes worth of detail. It took us longer to tell the story or talk about that book than it did to actually read that book. Read the book. Yes. So then after that, like if it wasn't like a super popular book amongst kids, it's not a very good performer uh, as far yep. as downloads go. We're getting some good download numbers. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they, could, they could be better. And I think doing the format of summarizing the story first and then uh, digging into where we want to dig in rather than, oh, let's wait until we get to this part of the story. <laughs> and then we can bring up something that we thought of. It yeah. removed yeah. one of our hated phrases. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because now we can just jump to that right after the summary. We can tell the summary and then go, at the end of the book, wasn't it crazy? I mean, that's that's what the summary does. I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what, right. the first summary came for uh, Far Side of the Mountain, didn't it? That was the first Bob's Your Uncle, wasn't it? I think so, but that's not the first book we covered in this chapter. It's not. It's not. It was the first one we did a summary on it was because we had a couple guests this this chapter as well well i believe the first one we did a summary but it wasn't a bob's your uncle summary we summarized it very quickly and then got into it but then that's when we coined the bob's your uncle phrase and we found out that i have two uncle bobs (laughs) and andy (laughs) is related to bobby boucher from the water boy Okay, because so I've, seen, I've seen this note and I'm very curious <laughs> so, how you think I'm related to Bobby Boucher, lead character of The Waterboy. You said that you had an Uncle Bob, or Uncle Roberto. Roboido, okay. But when he was a kid and when he was younger, he went by Bobby. Bobby Boucher mm. is named after his father, Bobby, who, after he left his family, changed his name to Roberto. <laughs> And left and went away overseas to Spain, where he now goes by Roberto. 
Boom. <laughs> oh my god. You're related to Bob Boucher. <laughs> so my Spanish uncle <laughs> who has lived in Spain all his life. Yep. Is actually you know an American of. redneck that lived in the swamp <laughs> yes. and moved to Spain and pretended to be exactly right. Yeah. He pretended to be your your mom's brother. Yes. I must have missed the part where he never left Spain. But <laughs> otherwise it was a good theory in my head. Mm, it's an interesting B story to my life. <laughs> We're all about the B stories on this on this podcast. <laughs> At least for now, until I find something else to get onto. Yeah, yeah. So the first book we covered was Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, follow up to the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, and I found it weird that uh, hardly anything in the story had to do with Charlie, even though the he was part of the title. He was just kind of there. He was. He was just among the happenings. It was much more about the grandparents. Way more about the grandparents and Wonka and President <laughs> Philograss or whatever it is. <laughs> Gilligrass. Yeah. Does it say here on this? Because I did put in the notes here the uh, the chap the transcribed page from Charlie in the White House. Com- yeah, for- it's quite a quite a bit there for being a, a royal douche like Raul Dahl is. He had some pretty um, on point commentary about American politicians or leadership as far as the president goes. <laughs> okay, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Exactly. <laughs> so is this uh, is this what you have here, Josh? Like the entire like what's what remains of what was started of the third book? That's the first page. That's the only page available on the Roldal website. Okay. So that is what is available to be read virtually. Anyway, I don't okay. know if there's more of it in the actual museum. So it's really no different than any of his other books. He's basically just laying out his beginning thing and. Given some crazy names and... Yeah, listing yeah. a lot of crazy names here. You want to read this? <laughs> I don't really this think we it's... need to give him any more time. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, I like uh, that Wilbur G. Pocus was known as Hocus to his friends. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was the director of public relations and bamboozlement. And bamboozlement. Yeah, there's also a director of sewage and garbage disposal. The Honorable I. M. Ponky. <laughs> Chief of the Army, General Horsebrass. <laughs> so for all the listeners not able to read this uh, transcription here uh, that we're looking at, uh, it's basically how the book begins, and it's a bunch of people standing on the White House lawn to uh, welcome in uh, Wonka and friends, and it's basically listing who is there with the president and the joint chiefs of staff and all the, in the cabinet and everything. And these are the names that we're, uh, we're reading off now. Yeah. Those are just a bunch of crazy names. So, uh, I saw this Admiral Tarbuncle on here and I was like, huh, is that something that's supposed to be on the nose? You know, there's a Tarbuncle, something that is on a, a ship or something. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I look up Tarbuncle and the first, <laughs> The first result is Jimmy Tarbuncle, Skanky Hose Shoes. <laughs> it is a <laughs> electronic song, uh, uh, some kind of dance number. Tarbuncle is not a ship part. <laughs> You're thinking of Barnacle. No, Carbuncle. And it's also not a ship <laughs> oh. part. But carbuncle. The word yeah, Carbuncle is what I was thinking that, of. Yeah, you're thinking of a Carbuncle, but it's a, mistaking it for Barnacle. Yeah. A yeah. Carbuncle is a group of pus-filled bumps forming a connected area of infection under the skin. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. 
but yeah, that 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 book was fun, but and quick, um, but kind of a nothing burger, really. It just not a heck of a lot to it. Yeah, I can understand yeah. why they didn't really make a uh, a movie out of it. There was no great demand for a sequel movie. No, not at all. Like a twelve year old child made a movie or a trailer, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what would have made a better sequel would be Charlie learning the ropes of managing the chocolate factory. Right. Yeah. Apparently managing the chocolate factory is all about going flying up into space and whatever. I, yeah, I don't said <laughs> nothing to do with the first book at all. Yeah, apparently what Roald, Dahl, what Roald Dahl had in mind was to give Charlie a chocolate factory as the start of a grand adventure wherein he goes to space saves uh, a space hotel and goes to meet the president in the third movie. It was never really about the chocolate factory at all. Never. Those poor slaves were there for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with the second book, Runaway Ralph, I had a lot more fun with that. And it felt more like a sequel. Very much so. Yeah, that was a sequel. Uh, You picked up where Ralph S. Mouse leaves off. He's got his motorcycle. He's riding around the, the hotel. His uncle gets irritated and has... Has him give rides to the mice, and as with the the book in this, the the movie, which is only like forty six minutes long, was really close. I mean, it you could tell they used the book to make the movie, as opposed to oh, like, sure. like that's a great book, let's write a screenplay. They were like, hey, let's use the book first to write a screenplay. Mm-hmm. They did omit quite a bit, uh, well, sure. quite a few characters and things like that, but and it was weird. I wanted to mention that I thought that those mice were going to be the weirdest, most nightmare fuel thing I ever saw in my life until I saw saw the fucking cats in Runaway Ralph. Those cats were pure nightmare fuel. Horrifying. Yes. That's exactly how I described them as nightmare fuel. Yeah. They were terrible. Do you know that that picture of like a very poorly taxidermied fox? Yeah. (laughs) The bulgy bulgy eyes or whatever. Yeah, the cats looked like that. <laughs> and they oh, moved. Awful. <laughs> cats, so. They talked. Yeah. Yes, they did. So did they, they talked in the book, though. Yeah, yeah, they did talk in the book, too. Cause the, and, I mean, again, that one followed it. The father cat was trying to show the, the child cat how to hunt a mouse by playing with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the voices were all very processed and hard to understand. Like, you can tell they, they ramped up a bunch of... Uh, they ramped up the pitch on the the voice actors for like the mice and the the cat and everything, and it didn't sound very great. Well, they're only supposed to be heard by kids, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So as, as with my adult ears, they just yeah. sounded. <laughs> we were hearing it through a filter terrible. of being an adult. Like, see, by filming the mice and cats talking, they were able mm-hmm. to use special filters to actually capture the sound that we as adults can't hear. I have a feeling that what they did was they cut some children ears out and they put it over the microphone so that it wouldn't that's, the sound waves wouldn't know they'd feel the magic of passing through children's ears. And that's that how is the we process, heard it. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how they film these documentaries, uh-huh. man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So the things that I didn't like about the movie that they changed was like the hamster instead of hating alfalfa pe- pellets loved them that was weird they got rid of the dog i would have liked to see a dog but then again with the nightmare oh, yeah. for cats who knows Man. what that dog would have looked like <laughs> <laughs> i'm willing there was to no bet dog they- in the movie and that's right he talks to garf like right away right they don't spend any time he's just like nope but he again, talks yeah it was really late in the book when he started talking
talking to Garf. It was, yeah. it was. But when you're when you're translating it to film, I mean, this would be. There's so much different to it because when you're when you're reading in a book, you have to build this world. And so your world is always going to look different. That's why people, if they've read the book, are often going to say that the book is better than the movie. And that's often the case. But in some cases, I've felt it wasn't true. Um, I can't actually. this this When they did It, the second It, where they had the two movie part, I'm not going to say the book was or the movie was better than the book, but I liked that movie because that's one of my favorite books. And they were, they took some liberties and they changed some things. But when you're translating it to film, there are some things happening in the background that you may not even notice just because it's part of it that they mentioned in the book because it Mm -hmm. adds something. But in the film, it isn't necessary because you're captured by the moment that's happening on screen. So Mm-hmm. There's always going to be some stuff changes. I keep trying to tell Janelle about, like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, or or like in Runaway Ralph. I I think I bet there we could search and dig. Maybe Bing will have it, but I'll bet you they made a dog. And the guy that made the dog, as soon as he finished it, he jumped out of a six story building. Because <laughs> it was so terrifying. Because the, the dog was so fucking terrifying. <laughs> and the director's like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to use this. We're not for using that dog. Thing. Yeah, the dog is cursed." So- Andy, when yes. you get to reading Order of the Phoenix and you finish it, we'll go back and rewatch <laughs> that movie and you will tell me whether or not you think it was a good adaptation because it's not. Okay? Good adaptation <laughs> or good film? See, no. Good adaptation. See, yeah, I watch I watch films still view a, a good film. Like yeah. I can hold the film as its own thing and the book can be its own thing and you can make My a movie brain does with not references to the things. books in the background, but yeah. And like I like I asked you before, do you prefer for J.K. Rowling to be? I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> to I don't be the one again. who gets to decide what is what is true and canon, and or can these things exist on their own as works of art on their on themselves? I wasn't watching Spider Man No Way Home, going that doesn't look like the Peter Parker from the comics, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you see in the comics no i just peter parker has radioactive semen <laughs> oh my god it kills mary jane <laughs> kills mary jane at one point yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i really i have a goal of, of <laughs> the darkest intru- timeline i have a goal of introducing janelle to some select films <laughs> across <laughs> genres because she likes to say that Movies are the lazy man's book, right? But I like books and movies, and I can say that I see them as completely different art forms and appreciate them in the, in those ways. And some of the movies I intend to show you, you're going to be like, this was just bullshit popcorn fodder. And I'll be like, yes, but look how well it was done. <laughs> so <laughs> A lot of work went into this bullshit. You enjoyed it, right? <laughs> okay, I did not enjoy Order of the Phoenix the first time that I saw it. And so I have hardened my heart against it. But that's that's on you. <laughs> I know. I know it's on me. And you went I in with the it. bias of, uh, of um, uh, comparison. Mm-hmm. To the to what you already had in your head as to what it should be. Well, and and a preconceived notion from a fifth grade teacher when she was a chi- <laughs> when she was a child and could not fully appreciate the thought process of deciding for herself. <laughs> you know what? It's a very good lesson to learn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
Now, on the far side of the mountain, the only note I see on our notes book here is on Kluwika. <laughs> before, we, before we move on to the far side of the mountain, I had, yeah. <laughs> I had another thing to touch on with Runaway Ralph, and okay. is that as as bad as the mice, the mice mouse voices sounded, um, there was one voice in particular, and it was the voice of Ralph's sister, had just one line but you know, I could understand her. She was a better voice than the rest of the other mice. And I found out by looking at IMDb that that was June Foray, who was the voice of uh, Granny from Looney Tunes and Rocky the Squirrel from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, just a powerhouse in voice acting, used for one fucking line <laughs> in that wow. movie. Wow, there were a yeah. lot of a lot of stars before there were stars in this. And uh, there was Fred Savage. He was Garf. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Conchata Pharrell. She was the maid lady from <laughs> Two and a Half Men. She was. She played star power right there. I the again star. before they were stars. <laughs> stars, and she's not really a star. I don't know if but she ever got <laughs> yeah. the stars status. I don't know. I, do I know think the next she was one. in other things. But yeah, and then Sarah Gilbert. Well-known she was actors. from uh, the Tanners from slash Roxanne. Roseanne. She was also yeah, from Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah, Roseanne. And then Summer Phoenix. She was in it as well. So yes, of the Phoenix family, and then good old Ray Walston coming back to re- reprise the role of Matt the Bellhop. Hell yeah, yeah I was yeah. glad to Matt. see him. I was like, yeah, <laughs> who, could, who could not lift a fucking suitcase yeah. to save his life <laughs> he could unless not. it was off screen to load the car? <laughs> I'll put your bags in your car, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it's an empty suitcase. Get that man a glass of water. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to on the far side of the mountain. So uh, that note that I have is uh, based on the B story of uh, on the far side of the mountain. <laughs> Where Sam is having a relationship with the Falcon. Yeah, that is what that is the <laughs> part of the Falcon that is where uh, yeah, the egg that's what... <laughs> and slash that's what he would be doing. <laughs> Matty Ice, you may want to turn your ears off at this. We're going to yeah. get graphic. <laughs> Don't want to ruin your yeah. one of your favorite books here. But we had uh, Matty Ice from the Matty Ice and Marky Mark podcast on to just help us discuss that book. And uh, he reluctantly agreed with us that, yeah, uh, Sam was fucking that falcon. Yep. <laughs> totally fun. Right in the cloaca. Right in the cloaca. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, that was fun having having Matt on. We having a, another guest on. Uh and I thought it was it was funny how we took where he came on thinking that we were gonna be like, Oh man, like this book and all this and he was going there and the next <laughs> at the end of the book that that episode he says that he goes, I can't believe we've gone here with this, but yeah, he's definitely fucking that Falcon. So we turned someone. <laughs> Yeah. We turned someone <laughs> to the B story. <laughs> Made him into a believer. Yep. A believer. <laughs> it's, either, it's either that or we're fucking lost. <laughs> I did like Far Side of the Mountain better than the first one. Well, there's more of a plot. Yeah, there's sure. a plot to it. There's a story. There's something happening. Uh, whereas in the first one, it's like, oh, hey, I uh, came out into the woods and uh, a bear walked yeah. up and I said, hey, bear. And the bear built me a fucking... You know, shower. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm Sam Gribbley. 
I don't remember any bears. <laughs> there were no bears, but I'm saying that no doubt there's lost pages. Yeah, there the was lost a, pages. Yeah, there was a lack of immediate danger yeah. in the first book, and there was a quite a bit of immediate danger in the second. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, there was a gun. Maybe not quite a bit. There yeah, was, there was a gun. There, there was, was a, a presence gun. of a gun. There was a presence <laughs> of a gun in that one, man. But it was the gun that the cop pulled on the the um, the poachers. Arguably still a unknown situation (laughs) still a danger to innocent lives yes (laughs) depending on the person and i mean that seemed like a pretty good they were were forest rangers (laughs) they were forest rangers that's right (laughs) with the with the power to arrest people but still yeah that's dnr here in, in michigan the department of natural resources are basically state troopers that focus on natural resources however in an immediate, uh, in a situation of immediate danger, they can act in full capacity as a police officer. Hmm. But that's like last resort situation. And I mean, they can arrest people. They arrest people for poaching and all that too. So, mm-hmm. and then he also had goshawks attacking uh, <laughs> the sister. Yep, goshawks going after the sister, which are scarier and worse than than peregrine falcons. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we had one of our favorite characters, uh, whatever Leo Longhorn or whatever his name is. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still stuck on that one. What was it, Longbridge or Longbridge? Longbridge. Okay. Leon yeah. Longbridge. Leon Longbridge. I got Leo, Leo Longhorn. Longbridge. We call his name's Leon Longbridge. <laughs> but that lazy bum that isn't even the one who confiscated the bird, and then he's not even the one who got the bird, who saved the bird. <laughs> right. He's just sitting back at the DNR office eating donuts. He eating donuts. Completely different ranger got up and did his job for him. <laughs> Waiting for a forest fire. Yep. Yeah, that that was a fun one. It was fun to have Matt on. I uh, I had a good time, and the book overall I felt was better. Still wouldn't necessarily recommend it to an adult, but mm-hmm. yeah, a kid would have fun with that book, I think. Yep, definitely a more modern plot structure, kind of followed a, a Hardy Boys kind of mm-hmm. arc where they had to solve a mystery, played a uh, game of advanced hide and seek <laughs> defend against karate defending against karate yeah, yeah there's yeah. karate in it oh yeah he pulled a knife on on the one dude and he just got a karate chops <laughs> yeah he karate chopped him <laughs> speaking of karate our book after that was metal gear <laughs> <laughs> yeah we kind of broke with the uh um the sequel theme we did a special Christmas episode, is what yes. we did. A special Christmas crossover yeah. with Matt and Mark's podcast. Hashtag 989 Podcast Proud. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, realistically, we did an extra book. It's, it's, it was literally a special because, I mean, we had six books this time. Mm-hmm. And so, Josh was in town, and we yep. all got together in the same room. Yeah. That was... We all got sick. It was really fun. Josh and I got marked. Yep, got tattoos. Josh and I got the Chocolate Milk Friends logo tattoo, which was originally a Hardy Har Har crew lip tattoo, but... Yeah. Yep. I like Chocolate Milk Friends better now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that my tattoo is exactly the same on, on me as it is on my character. <laughs> In the game? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't given a mic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Snubbed You were again. there, but no mic. Yep. Yes, and this was, was this was among the I told time you you could have sit in my lap. I was consistently trying to convince Andy that you should come back. And you know, he just And now she's it. here. And now she's here. Now we're here, see so <laughs> he's, here she is. Nothing he's in like, between now, that. Bob's he's, your like, uncle. he's like, now she's here. Bob's now it's uncle. done. Now, now it's over. It's over. Bob's she Bob's doesn't uncle, have to come back today. anymore, right? <laughs> Harold doesn't need to bring no. it up. <laughs> Harold's done talking. Stop getting started. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, having Mark and Maddie Ice on here from the Marky Mark and or Maddie Ice and Marky Mark podcast was a great time. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, sitting in the room with everybody, uh, Janelle actually took some videos and threw them up on TikTok. But we're all talking with our hands the whole time. <laughs> And uh doesn't really translate well to, to audio, but we've not we've not breached the live show yet, so we didn't wanna try it then as a te- as a test run. So so yeah, that was that was a blast. I had a good time. Yeah. And that book though. <laughs> that book though. <laughs> that book. It was very nineties. Oh man. very oh, written so for Cold Worry. For boys in mm-hmm. the nineties. <laughs> it did go along with the book with the with the game fairly well. And I liked how they explained stuff that's in the game to be in the in the book. Uh did we discuss the bad translations in the game though? We did not. So when we were playing the game, just uh Andy was playing it and I watched him play because again, I don't play Metal Gear games. Uh we noticed some really bad translations, such as uh the guard that says, I feel asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel asleep. Uh oh, the truck have start started to move. And then it goes <laughs> Yeah, that game is very famously had a bad, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Translations? Tra- translation, yeah, but localization to uh, North America <laughs> translations. Didn't quite work out so so great. Ugh. And they didn't have the best of budgets. In the game, mechanics don't translate well to a book because from like early on in the book, uh, Captain Solid Snake Justin Halley is... <laughs> carrying around way more stuff than anyone that's wanting to sneak around should be carrying. I I've listened like to the episode suit. recently. Yeah, the bomb suit, like a just bomb, me. like a blast suit. I, I every time I think of it now, I just see him running around carrying this blast suit around with him. We're like, how? Where would he have it? <laughs> In his back pocket, you know, yeah. video game physics. <laughs> That's why he was trying to get rid of the cards. The cards were taking up too much room in his pocket for, just for the bomb suit. Yeah, I mean, that that was that was wacky. But it was a fun book, and we, we had some good laughs with that one, so I, oh, I enjoyed yeah. it that. It was fun. Yep. All those scorpions. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the mutant scorpions. Trained killer scorpions. <laughs> now, do you think the name... Uh, Colonel Gaddafi was a kind of a send off of um, Muammar Gaddafi. Oh, maybe was he big at that time? I mean, I he mean, was a, a terrorist leader still at the time. Sure. I mean, I know he was, but I don't know. Was he in power at that time? I believe so. When but I don't he think he was like an immediate threat. <laughs> but it was the Cold War, so right, it right. could have been. It's very possible. It very well, could have been. More likely, it's related to Laffy Taffy's. Oh, for sure. Yep. Likely, <laughs> you have just regular taffy. He, he started out in 1977. The only other time I heard that name, Katafi, was uh, on an episode of The Simpsons where uh, there was like a candy related, I think it was like the Chocobots cartoon that replaced Barton Lisa's uh, news program. Whatever, but they he's they were talking about how Colonel Katafi's up to his tricks again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't know, I wanted to explore the uh, the similarity between Katafi and Gaddafi. 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 Yeah, he was in power since 1977 till 2011 when he was assassinated. So yeah. <laughs> preceded by himself. <laughs> preceded by himself as chairman of the RCC. <laughs> so really, he was 
in charge of uh, Libya from 1969, preceded by just the first, succeeded by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least he picked the right man for the job, I guess. eh? (laughs) Talk about nepotism. (laughs) 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 I've decided who my successor is going to be, and it's me. I wouldn't put that past a leader here. (laughs) A former leader of this country. Right. But yeah, no, that was that was fun. Uh, I-, I loved how it was button to end it all. Like just push a button with one second left. It was so so cliche. Everything about it was so yeah, cliche. The whole saving Everything the world so at the last second cliche. Loved it. Rabbit punches. Beating up the guards one at a time. Like it was great. It was great. <laughs> that was fun to talk about. And the bad guy getting away in the, in yep. the chaos. Yep. You've not seen the last of me. <laughs> Justin Halley <laughs> sneaking in under the cover of daylight <laughs> <laughs> the cover of day <laughs> oh, I landed it's dark I should take a nap it's good wear a good thing I'm wearing this mirror suit it'll blind anyone that looks in my direction <laughs> I'll just rabbit punch him they won't see it <laughs> <laughs> rabbit punch pow <laughs> I need to get my my puma stink on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so go listen to the Metal Gear episode. It's a fun one. It's very fun. Like, if yeah. I had a recommendation of any one uh, episode to listen to from this chapter, it'd be the Metal Gear episode. Absolutely, Just a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that I think people have fun with that one. There's a lot of lot of people talking though, but it is good. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot, a, a lot about video games too, and yep. Metal Gear games in, in particular. So, and it also started a plan to do the rest of the world's power books with Matty Ice and Marky Mark. So, yep. So, stay but, tuned for the next one of those. Yeah, I'm excited because we're gonna do Castlevania, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of if my that favorite. Ever comes down in price. Yeah. Oh, is Castlevania still super expensive? It's still pretty expensive. Yeah, <sighs> I might just read an audiobook and send it out to you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> These things are like gold. Gold. They're like gold. Paper gold. But, because I really like Castlevania. That's one of my favorite series. I actually bought the the collection when it was on sale. So, I have all the early ones now as well. Nice. But, if you want to get ready for our future interview, you can listen to the episode about My Teacher Fried My Brains, which is the next book that we did. Yes. Teacher Fried My Brains, book number two in the My Teacher is an Alien series by Bruce Coville. Yeah. This was definitely a fun one. I liked it. I did. I love, I really liked seeing it from like the bully perspective because that's not uh, something that you see in a lot of books. Yeah, for sure. Humanizing the bully role from the last book. Showing that the reason why he lashes out is because he himself is bullied by someone in his home and is almost encouraged by his parents. So Mm -hmm. when you come from that environment, you're not, you don't know what to do other than lash out. Also, there's a cute little animal named Poot. Yep. (laughs) A little like blob thing that lives inside of a Tupperware container. (laughs) Yeah, a slug-like thing. Uh, We didn't talk a heck of a lot about Poot. We didn't. Hey, he doesn't, I mean, he just pops up, says Poot, and that's about it. So he really didn't have a lot. Like a little Pokemon. It says his own name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why why do we think this is the same universe as Charlie? Yeah, whose note is that? That it's the same universe as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That is not my note. Hmm. Man, who put that there? <laughs> Somebody has the note, same universe as Charlie, question mark. And I, I don't even remember if I was the one that put it there. <laughs> it seems like you would be the one that would put it there, Andy. Goddamn brain frogs. So. Yep. <laughs> Damn brain frogs. <laughs> Robert. But I think that Susan is definitely Catwoman. 
always okay, breaking yeah, into stuff, constantly mm-hmm. breaking into things, and doing it well. Yeah, she's pretty good at breaking into places, isn't she? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think she's Catwoman. Yeah, she's either really good at it, or her character was given plot armor. Oh, that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I in mean, any case, I think that Susan is actually, you know, it's all about Duncan, and Duncan, oh, he's a bad guy because he's a bully, but Susan's breaking and entering places like i mean sure she discovered an alien that was trying to steal children whatever she you know just because you're not a u.s citizen doesn't mean you aren't protected by the constitution okay so she was breaking the rules and by breaking into his house and none of that evidence would be would be admissible it's fruit of the poisonous tree so braxton would have got off scot-free really I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm racking my brain. I still can't figure out how this might be the same universe as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Me either. I, I don't know who wrote I mean, that note, so I'm trying to figure it out. It looks like it came from Andy. It came from Andy. Andy, mm-hmm. your brain frogs. You look at the, the edit history, and Andy put it in there on January 9th at 1.51 p.m. Damn. Was that during the COVID? Because that would explain it. Uh, I think he was feeling better by then. I think he went to he went to work the next day. So. That doesn't mean he was better. No, that he just still means had that brain they frogs. Made do, yeah, I mean, he still has brain. He still has brain frogs right now. So yeah. <laughs> he's still over he, there. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Were were we having a discussion about how Poot might be a vermicious canid? Oh, maybe. Oh. Possibly. That was probably it. I don't About think he's he a- can I don't think he is. He goes poot. He doesn't say scram. <laughs> they spelled scram. We never heard him speak. Yeah, they spelled. Mm. They physically spelled scram with their shape-shifting ability. And they ate, but not with their mouths. <laughs> Which is weird. Did they eat with their buttholes? Maybe Just by absorption, un- I guess. Unknown orifice. Oh, yeah, I guess they could eat by absorption. <laughs> You know, we don't know how aliens would act or look or eat. It would all depend on the circumstances on their planet. We all assume that, <laughs> you know, an intelligent species would be bipedal like us or something. Right. But honestly, Or carbon-based. Or carbon-based at all, yeah. But realistically, they could be a blob, and it could be smarter than we think. Hoot. They could be gaseous. They could. Yeah. They could be pure light. Compu- completely energy-based, correct. You know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we don't know. And we never will. I bet you they'd have sweet music, though. <laughs> we might. We might know. Ever since James Webb went up, I guess the NASA's been uh, consulting with theologians on how humans would react to the discovery <laughs> of alien life. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so, I got to get a link to that story. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll post that also. So they turned Duncan into a radio, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how far do radio waves travel? Well, radio waves travel at the speed of light, and they travel for long distances, so like a light wave, <clears throat> like a light wave, the further out they get, the longer the wave stretches, how if we're looking at a star that's far enough away, we see it as red because the wave has shifted, and so, I mean, they travel at the speed of light, that's why you can get radio with enough power to travel all over i mean if you have enough connections and so would would radio waves that we send out from earth would they could they reach other galaxies technically yes or would they break down light oh they they would become as far as i remember they will become less usable the further out they get okay but it's a long long ways before they become unusable it's 
the issue would be like, have you ever seen anything where in a movie they've got people on Mars and people on Earth, and anytime they send a message, it's like thirty minutes between. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah, at the yeah. Martian. Yeah, that's because of the that's because of the distance that the radio waves have to travel to get there. So yeah, mm. yeah which is why they should probably use lasers. Freaking laser beams, man. Yeah, lasers. <laughs> lasers are great. Lasers. They're way way faster. Way faster. Well, no, actually, they wouldn't be faster, would they? I mean, think they about it. They go the same speed. They go the same speed. Light speed. Yeah. 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 Damn. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. This is a great show. Yeah, we have, great. We're just talk- and, and we're all just talking out our asses because we don't actually know these things. But you never know. <laughs> uh, ignorance. <laughs> it's bliss sometimes. No, 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 no. I'm not speaking out of my ass, by the way. I usually don't say things unless I have some uh, understanding of it, okay? And it's, a, it's educated guesswork. Radio waves are a type of electromagnetic radiation with wavelengths in the electromagnetic spectrum longer than infrared radiation. Like all electromagnetic waves, radio waves in a vacuum travel at the speed of light and oh, in the okay. Earth's atmosphere at a close but slightly lower speed. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I knew I knew that. I knew it was right. Nice. Talking on my ass. I don't even know what you said, so it must <laughs> I be. I just sent uh, two charts into the Discord that uh, kind of show how they travel to. Cool. Neat. Neato. Very nice. <laughs> it's then... great audio just <laughs> listening to us uh, look you, at these gifts. <laughs> if you, if you uh, would like to see what Join interesting things we're sharing on the Discord, actually, uh, <laughs> on our Facebook oh, page, there's some Ritter um, <laughs> conversation. Listen, it's, o- it's only been us so far, and we have yeah. we are going to keep our regular conversation outside of reliterated. <laughs> I am just glad we've been using it at all right now. So now we can decide to go forward. It has to be somewhat related, or at least discussions around. But uh, yeah, on our Facebook page, if you like our Facebook page, uh, we have a invite to our Discord. We can take mm-hmm. book suggestions. We have grown ass book talk in there. So if you want to talk about the books or you want to tell us what something we got wrong or if you want to add a B story that we might not have seen, uh, please do. We would love to have fun with it. Maybe we can even throw in, you know, we get enough stuff like that. We might be able to throw in a segment where we, you know, listen to B stories or whatever, you know. Right. So if you want to have a debate with Harold, there's a Getting Harold Started channel. <laughs> there's a Getting Harold uh, Started channel. channel. You have to understand that if you enter the Getting Harold Started channel, there is no allowed <laughs> turning back. Yeah, you are not allowed to go. This isn't fair. I don't know and be mad. No mad. We're sparring. <laughs> we are sparring and debating. We are not fighting. <laughs> I feel like the only people who go into the getting Harold started channel are me and Harold. Yes. yes. <laughs> I go in there to spectate. Yep. It's a good place to, to watch <laughs> with my popcorn. You can get Harold started on anything too. You know, it doesn't have to be yep. related. <laughs> <laughs> anything well, join the discord it's lots of fun the link can be found on our facebook and in the show description i'm mainly on the re-reddited page because i like to scroll and share content that's where we dump our memes so that's, yep mm-hmm. i have my own channel on there twice the hype with jay which yep. uh harold aptly named yes there is also a not exclusively for kids book based movies party chat if you want to join up and watch a movie <laughs> yeah we like to chat while watching movies yep 
So yeah, all that being said, we have one last book in the chapter that we went through. Return of the Unicorn. It was my turn mm-hmm. to shit the bed on this one. I was not <laughs> happy with my performance because we all had some upper respiratory thing going on. And every time yeah. I every time I tried to change my voice, I also had someone else in the room, which was abnormal for me. So it, I had that going against me. But I had it was just difficult for me to even get my voice to do anything different because I could feel a cough or I could feel you know excuses excuses it was still a fun <laughs> it was still a fun book we actually did more endings in this book than we have in any of them so far i've kind of thrown out that what ending we get is the only one well that's because all <laughs> of them sucked yeah yeah, yeah. all the endings sucked yeah. they all ended up in a mm-hmm. capitalist dystopian nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> like the one, we basically the- just go until we fill an hour yeah basically yeah. after yep. i after i re-listened to it i was like well the adventure one wasn't that bad but it also wasn't that good it yeah. was just the best of all of them. And that's just because you're like, you got to go on an adventure. And it's like, that's cool. But all mm. the, yeah, the other one's like, you get a job. Or the other one's like, you're a slave <laughs> now. It's like, oh, wait, that's... that's <laughs> you know, I mean, the best part about this book is it was written in 2021, which breaks with our 90s book theme. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was a sequel to a choose your own adventure it was still in the same thread i mean i felt like that book could have been written in the 90s we didn't even realize yeah. it was written until recently uh, until after we did it we didn't realize right. it was a 2021 book and then choose your own adventure is a series from the 90s which we grew up reading so as even though it wasn't that particular book that we read as kids it's still in the same vein yeah so. yeah We'll give it a, pa- a pass. We'll give a pass on that one, but we will be more diligent in the future. We actually were having some trouble tonight <laughs> when we were deciding our next lineup, and uh, we found a book that we liked and then realized that Magic Treehouse was rebranded at some point, and they actually have released more books in 2017 and, and whatnot, so we got to be careful when we're looking at these books to make sure we're hitting our mark mm-hmm. until we change the format because we've run out of 90s literature. <laughs> <laughs> right. At least uh, we run out of 90s books that people are interested in hearing about. Right. But there's a heck of a lot of books out there, boys. There are. There are a lot of books. There are a lot and, of books. You know, we read a lot of books from earlier that were still just popular in the, ni- in the 90s, like Boxcar Children and Hardy Boys and things like that. So those are like timeless classics. So they weren't necessarily written in the 90s, but we read them in the 90s. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's basically anything pre-1999 is what we're looking for. Because, yeah, I mean, <laughs> far, My Side of the Mountain was written in 1959 or something, right? And yeah. what uh, Charlotte's Web was written in 1954. But... We definitely read those books and watched those movies, or not the movie Far They were still moment. part of our childhood, yeah. Yeah, it's still part of our childhood, so. So all we don't want to do is hit the point where we graduated from high school, because at that point, we were reading adult books for sure. <laughs> so you don't want to hit the part where uh, I entered elementary school. Yes, that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which what you're trying to Which would be 2000 and what? <laughs> uh, Actually, it'd be late 90s, right? Yeah. 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 If we want to be serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in 93, so. Oh, so we can read some books. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how, <laughs> how uh, advanced of a reader you were by seven. <laughs> um, I mean, I was a pretty good reader. I know that 
when my mom, because I was, I was homeschooled for about two years. And so for third grade, I think I was reading at like a fifth or a sixth grade level. So nice. I, I can, I can handle stuff. I was reading Stephen King books in like third and fourth grade. So I, it, like okay. I say, it was very difficult for me to go back. But I, again, I was not to bring it back to Coville, but I realized I had a lot of those books too. That was, yeah. I mean, I read like all of the Magic Treehouse series that was available to me when I was seven in like one afternoon. So, <laughs> so my, I can do those. <laughs> mine was usually finishing an R.L. Stein and not having any more kids' books to read, and then going downstairs and looking at my mom's bookshelf and going, huh, what's this one about? <laughs> Desperation. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried that with Jurassic Park, but because I liked the movie, but it was a lot to get into. Yeah. I, it was too intimidating for me. So, yeah, I've read Jurassic Park too. Yeah, that's a good one. At that age, I uh, was not allowed to read, watch, listen to a lot of things mm-hmm. um, because we were very God fearing, good Christians. So, while I probably could have handled Stephen King, um, I didn't know who Stephen King was. Right. So. Oh, I'm sure. I, and I get that. I mean, it was kind of abnormal for me because I would, like I say, I'd go downstairs, just grab a book, go up in my room and start reading it. And it wasn't like my mom was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, whatever. He's grabbing a book. <laughs> I don't think we had Stephen King in the house at that time. Like, that, yeah. Dean Koontz, and then some other <laughs> like, uh, Dean we had a lot of like witch history type stuff and history of dragons and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was way into all that kind of stuff, spirit stuff. And so, so yeah, I was reading a lot of that when I was a kid, but you know, it made for the dark person I am today looking at these children's books. You know what I mean? You're not that dark. Darker than you think. You can get pretty dark, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's yelling at ladies in the Walmart parking lot. Hey, hey, listen, listen. She deserve it. She deserved it. deserved it. She deserved, she deserved it. it. She may not have deserved me telling her to slide off the road at high speed, but <laughs> I was in a moment. Because you well, have I, a broken foot. And I was having to crutch myself across the parking lot that was full of slush to a car that was coming to pick me up and she blocked everyone off. I don't want to get into it again. <laughs> don't get him started don't get me started on this one the selfishness of people in walmart parking lots just go yeah. to discord he'll explain it there I, i'll explain it <laughs> probably, all there uh, i probably scared andy a little bit earlier today because i got really excited talking about edmund kemper so <laughs> nice <laughs> I was like, so do you know who this is? Yeah, you want to hear what he did? <laughs> like, there yeah. is a large subset of people fascinated with uh, with serial killers, and I am not one of them. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely one of them. I always laugh because I, you know, I'll be pulling into work in the morning, and the security guard will be sitting there, and he's looking over at my car. It's like, then they he drugged the body into the ditch and chopped off both legs. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> drive in. It's okay. I'm interested enough in serial killers for the both of us, Andy. Yup. <laughs> I just don't understand what makes them do what they do, and I want so I can avoid those people. So I can avoid them. <laughs> yes. So I can spot and, and, them. and not be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> How close was I to becoming a serial killer? Whereas I listened to two fat guys talk about their favorite uh, fast food restaurants. <laughs> right? And video games and the kind of stolen shit that uh, tries to get pawned oh, yeah. off at their stores. <laughs> those, and those guys too. But <laughs> there's another oh, those one guys I too. To. <laughs> so. 
I like but, to listen to like trivia podcasts too. Yeah, and we know you like trivia podcasts, Andy. I like trivia. <laughs> this we is a podcast like about books. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, well, shit. He's, I bet he's sitting there with trivia cards right now hoping we were going to say, go ahead, do the asshole. Ask us, <laughs> ask us a question. <laughs> so of, of the um, five sequel books that we covered this chapter, uh, which which one would you say is your favorite? Let's let's discount Metal Gear and uh, of these uh, sequel books, would you enjoy reading the most? If I'm pandering, I'm gonna say my teacher fried <laughs> my brains. <laughs> but honestly, Runaway Ralph took me back to to the time with the movie and everything about it. Right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I I remember loving the mouse on the motorcycle when I was a kid. Mouse and the motorcycle when I was a kid, and. I don't know if I ever watched Runaway Ralph or if I even if I read Runaway Ralph, but the the direct sequel nature of it, the fact that you felt like it was just the next story in Ralph's chapter was really great. And again, and I'm not pandering when I say my teacher fried my brains did a very similar job of keeping things the way they were. You know, Duncan Dougal got fleshed out. Susan Simmons was still kind of. I would almost say bratty in the way that she wanted to do things. And that might be because I listened to the audio book and I feel that the the voice actor played her in kind of a bratty voice. B.D. Mm. Wong. Yeah. That wasn't B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong played Susan. Yeah. yeah oh, sorry. Susan. No. No. <laughs> I thought you were talking about... Uh... That was Runaway Ralph, you're thinking. Yeah, I thought you were talking, talking about, about that. In My Teacher Fried My Brains, I think I, oh. felt, I, think I felt Susan was bratty just because... I think the the voice actor was trying to take a bratty tone, or I took it that way. But um, I thought I thought it was a really good sequel in how it it felt fleshed out the rest of the story. I'm interested to see where it goes, but I also want to see where Ralph S. Mouse what that's about because it seems like it seems like uh, Beverly Cleary, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like she uh, she follows the sequel well, which isn't always the case. I mean, there are a lot of sequels out there, books and otherwise, that the sequel makes no sense. Highlander, the Great Quickening. Glass Elevator. Yeah, Great Glass <laughs> Elevator, Highlander, the Quickening, if we're talking about movies. <laughs> oh, man, that movie's so bad. Oh, it's so terrible. But, but. Uh, I, it's a toss-up, because I do really, I did really like My Teacher Fry My Brains, and I, and, but Runaway Ralph just brought back so many good memories and nostalgia for me that it was just, it was wonderful, because, like I said in the episode, it brought me back to camp and had me bring back the memories that I, you know, had forgotten about almost. And just, it was just a nice feeling of nostalgia. So when it came down to it, yeah, I do like My Teacher from My Brains. It was a very fun story. I liked Poot a lot, but yeah, uh, Runaway Ralph is just so good to me. So Janelle, did you happen to read any of the, of the books? Uh, I listened to the part you read to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from the one who said that movies are for lazy people. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, I started my master's program, so if I'm not going to be on an episode, why would I read the books? Sounds like an excuse to me. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm a master. You can do my homework then. I don't care what level of Jedi you are, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, so at least tell us, Hype Girl, which of our episodes did you think we did the best on? Oh, um, gosh. You know, I really enjoy when you tear down authors. 
<laughs> so for what you did the best on, that would have to be Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. But I think probably my favorite book from these, if I was going to choose one to sit down and read myself, would probably be My Teacher Fried My Brains. And that's not just because of the interview we have coming up, <laughs> but that's because of Poot. All because of Poot? Yes, that is because of Poot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know about Poot. It is a great story, <laughs> but though I do have something to reconcile with Mr. Colville when he comes on, do with one <laughs> Mr. Duncan Dougal's father. Um, mm, but yeah. <laughs> otherwise, no, the series itself thus far, and I'm excited to continue on, is Me too. really well done, and I, I'm interested. Yeah, they set up some pretty big stakes with uh, with this sequel, because there's aliens planning to do something to Earth, mm -hmm. and it's based on mm -hmm. a pretty big question that uh, we all have to ask ourselves, is like, is humanity doing okay? <laughs> Are we... Uh, can we be trusted with a with alien life? No. Or will, <laughs> no. if if we found um uh, other sentient beings in the universe, what would we do when we when we found them? Kill them? I wouldn't consider. <laughs> I wouldn't have considered this before. I wasn't thinking about it. But as I'm listening to Josh's cynical answer to that, <laughs> I, it comes to my mind that he didn't write this. For 40-year-old people who have already been beating the shit, right? He wrote it for kids. And when you were a kid right. when you read that book, when you got to that point, <clears throat> I believe that you would have felt either leave us alone or like leave us alone, let us grow, we'll do better. And I think that's kind of the con the idea. Like, right. hey, kids, look at your world that you are going to inherit. You know, alien. Mm -hmm. these aliens don't think you're worth keeping around. Or at least they don't think that the people who have led it so far are worth keeping around. Can you do something different? I think that's what he's kind of portraying yeah. there to children. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because the, the the aliens question whether they can give us technology and if we're going to use it for good or if we're just going to use advanced technology to deplete our resources faster. Mm -hmm. And my answer as a kid would have been, well, of course I would want to use it for good. And today it mm -hmm. would be the same, but I read Bruce Coville's books. So, you know, I learned the lesson. But yeah. there are a lot of people today that would say they would do it for good. And as soon as they got the grip on a little bit of power, they would immediately turn evil. I mean, <laughs> You know what? Making a profit is good. Yeah. Making money is good. Yeah. Well, if I make a bunch for of money, me, I can then hire people for minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll people just make have all jobs. the money and buy a happy ending yeah. for the planet. <laughs> there we go. We blow up the aliens. <sighs> yep. And historically, that's what we've proven that we are capable of so far. So far. So far, but maybe, maybe, maybe. So yeah, for that for that reason, I would say that my most enjoyable book would be My Teacher Fried My Brains, just because of the philosophical questions that it raises that they get seeded at, into uh, young children reading them and then looking back on them it's kind of a timeless thing it, it's uh it stood withstood the test of time into the 2020s yeah that question is re as relevant today as it was in 1990 absolutely mm -hmm. whereas you know a, a story of a mouse running from a cat and a dog is also pretty evergreen it is it is <laughs> can't go yeah. can't go wrong with a nice little innocent romp at a camp well and like i say i mean it's it's more just the 
so my teacher fry my brains puts real stakes out there, right? But mm-hmm. just that magic of imagination that it takes to drive the motorcycle or a child talking with a mouse, that, that kind of is what really sings to my heart, I guess, from that book is, is this connection with a magical world that we lose at some point you know Mm -hmm. and i still see it right now i see it in my my boys my oldest turned eight today it's actually his birthday uh happy birthday bruce happy birthday bruce happy birthday bruce very proud of that young man and he uh he turned eight and he but he's the magic is still there he's still you know he still wants to believe things and he's still you know dad can still pull little tricks and make things look like they appeared out of nowhere and it amazes them <laughs> you know and it, not like me mm-hmm. where someone pulls it out and I'm like well how where were they hiding it how did they do it what is this <laughs> no it's just magic to them and yeah I think that's what capture what's captured for me in mouse and the motorcycle yeah and I was gonna tack on to that perhaps the relating to the uh, the young boy who doesn't quite fit in and finds a friend right mm-hmm. yep that also that also sits there because i did spend a lot of time as a kid i mean like you were my friend in third and fourth grade but then from there on out i was at different schools almost every year and constantly mm-hmm. you know it just became difficult to even try and make friends because why you know so yeah I, there there was a lot to most on the motorcycle that really really sang to me and i i enjoyed it but again, the the profound questions raised by my teacher fry my brains that that tickles my fancy as as an adult and as a person who likes to consider himself at least an amateur intellectual, you know. <laughs> and it works as a great sequel. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sets up for the rest of the series. Yeah, I would say out of the out of all the books, Runaway Ralph and My Teacher Fry My Brains did the best job of being a sequel. On the Far Side of the Mountain was good in in the fact that it like we knew it was Sam Gribley and his sister was still living there but I mean it took a totally different turn from the first book. I expected a journal style book from Far Side of the Mountain. Yeah, way big change in tone. Yep, between the first and second books. And then he became a soldier. Yep. <laughs> he changed his name to Justin Halley and he became Solid Snake, Captain Justin Halley. Cap- Captain yep. Justin Halley, Solid Snake of the That's- Snake Men. <laughs> That's the B story from Metal Gear, if you haven't heard the episode. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely go listen to all those episodes yes, right they're now all fun. if you haven't. You read yes. the books, too. I mean, like, yeah, and at, read least, the books. at least Runaway Ralph and My Teacher Fried My Brains, you know. The other ones, yeah, go ahead. But those ones were really good. Uh, great Glass Elevator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eh, listen to it if you want to hear them tear into Roald Dahl. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, if you enjoy us uh, trashing Roald Dahl, then please. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll have to do a small feature episode on just Roald Dahl and how much of a garbage person he was. Right, we'll <laughs> have to do a lot there. Yeah, because we really have just like Absolute complained about shit. him. Yeah, and we've just said <laughs> that, but I, I do think that we owe we owe a rundown that is a well researched. I don't know, yes. audio essay on the terribleness that is Roald Dahl. <laughs> I would love to make a YouTube documentary just about how much of a shit person he is. <laughs> With, like, fancy music in the background. And but he wrote wonderful epic, children's books. Uh, Andy's epic uh, speaking voice. It's like, and at that point, he, he left his wife for this random girl that he met. <laughs> Roald Dahl seduced woman after woman after woman in name of God and country. He would take his doll till valve and drain the fluid from their faces. (laughs) Now it's turning into a serial killer podcast. (laughs) Oh, uh, well. 
I mean, so we did uh, movie movie and TV, TV adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite sequels of all time? Favorite sequel of all time? Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yeah, I was oh, going to say exact same thing. Great sequel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, one of the greatest like the sequels best. of all time. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's hard to top it. It's better than the first movie. Janelle's like, I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen Terminator. Okay, good. Lord. Every time I watch it, I, I catch another fun thing. Like the, I need a vacation. I was like, oh, yeah, that's class. <laughs> He's learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's classic. How about so, you? Yeah. What about you guys? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure Josh is right there with me on Terminator 2. That's the thing. I was like, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That I was going <laughs> to yeah, say the yeah. exact same thing because it I still watch that movie at least once a year. Yeah, I watch it probably once a year. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Fucking great movie. <laughs> It'd probably be too easy to say Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It's a very popular, great sequel. Right. Which is something I learned this chapter. I did not realize <laughs> it was popularly thought of as great. I <laughs> One person told me a long time ago that everybody hates Empire because it's just a bridge movie. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and and that person, <laughs> that person was wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. I, I want to find 100%. that person and punch them in the face and be like, "Fuck's wrong with you, telling Harold that." You know, it's going to take him for his entire life. It's funny because this <laughs> this person was a friend's dad, and I'm pretty sure that we had exactly two conversations in the entire time that I was friends with this kid, and one of them was how Empire Strikes Back was the worst Star Wars movie because it was just a bridge movie. <laughs> and he he was telling me that it's like one of two conversations I remember having with this guy. The other one was who drank my uh, who drank my Captain Morgan's. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was us. We drank the Captain Morgan's. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any game sequels that stand out? Man, uh, I got one. I got one, and I think it's gonna it's gonna get someone a little fiery based on some conversations I've had recently. But uh, okay, Halo Two is one of my favorite game sequels because <laughs> Halo Two uh, Halo introduced, 2? yeah, Halo Two. It introduced okay. online multiplayer in it. Okay, mm-hmm. Halo One, we would play multiplayer, but we had to play. We had to play with uh, just All split screen. Yeah, it was split yeah, screen, split or you screen. had to land party. And mm-hmm. Halo Two actually gave you that ability to go fight online, but you also had uh, dual wielding, which never showed mm-hmm. up again. Or maybe it did in three, but dual wielding came out in two. Um, I don't remember the story particularly, but I know that I definitely liked Halo 2 enough that I was excited for Halo 3 and then Halo 4. Halo 5 actually made me not want to play Halo Infinite, and I'm glad I did decide to play it because it is a great game. But yeah, Halo Infinite's pretty fun. Yeah. Halo 2 would be my my sequel game that I, I would think of. Other than, yeah, it's not really a sequel. Metal Gear Solid 2 is more of later in a series of games. So, hmm. Yeah, are we just to clarify? Are we talking about like the second in a series or like any sequel whatsoever? That's what sequel means. Yeah, sequel is the second. But yeah. see, like Red Dead Redemption Two is a prequel, mm-hmm. but technically it's yeah. a sequel. And I mean, also that is a sequel. one of my hand, hands down favorite games, just period. Right. So, it's a sequel that takes place before the events of one mm-hmm. but if we're just talking about anyone in the series i mean burnout three for me was a was just life-changing so because i found out about crash mode and like there i was like there's a, a race car game where you just crash that's awesome <laughs> think mm-hmm. of how much how many hours we spent harold just 
unlocking no, all of them. Yeah, we played that a lot. Oh, it was so fun. Cool. So I guess it's just, you know, whatever video games you like, because most of them are now <laughs> sequels to something else. Of something, yep. Uh, it's probably easier for video games to have good sequels because they are improved upon, like, te- technologically, and you, know, you get added game modes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably easier to do that with video games and movies because, like, first installments of movies set a certain expectation, and then mm-hmm. yeah, it just gets messy to... and... Oh, trying to it. continue that, yeah. And yet be different enough that the audience is satisfied. Mm-hmm. Capture the newness of the, the first one. I mean, a perfect example of that is, look at the Matrix. The, the first Matrix is, was amazing. The second the one The second was, one blew mm-hmm. it out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> <That's, laughs> Doubtful. The second, so the second Matrix is my favorite one, but it's only because it has so much popcorn action in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot, yep. a lot of great action scenes, but the story wise, yeah, that eh. was the yeah, yeah, yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. No, see, when I watch Matrix Two or uh, Reloaded, all I think about is him fighting fifty Agent Smiths, him fighting those people, mm-hmm. in, and then that ten or the highway chase car scene. chase scene, and yeah, it's yeah, that, that movie was insane <laughs> with action, and that was that was what I loved about that one yeah i want to talk offline if you guys have seen the newest one i want to discuss i haven't i yet. have and i'm willing to talk about it another time but i yep, another am time starving right now <laughs> starving <laughs> well, yeah. then let's wrap this up <laughs> let's bring it home guys yeah we will close this chapter and ladies of reliterated yeah and i want to say that lady friend i don't i don't gender guys by the way that word <laughs> So yeah, it's it's kind of lost its gender. Yeah, I, I yeah. use guys with <laughs> girls all the time. Yep, it's okay. Well, that's the way I to end it, right guys. there. We oh, don't gender yeah. guys. We, not we don't gender yeah. guys. All right, we got permission from this guy. <laughs> yep, this guy over here says cool. <laughs> that's more gendered than just general hey guy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this, this yeah. fucking gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's chapter five of Reliterated. Next chapter is going to start next week, probably. I don't know. We have to figure out some things with our interview, uh, how we want to release that and everything. But coming up on Reliterated, chapter six is going to be our wintry, snowy chapter. Mm, We're going to start it off with Call of the Wild by Jack London. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the mood for that since uh, I went on a nice... Uh, five mile hike today in uh, 65 degree weather. So let's get this snow snap snow chapter underway. It'll feel a little closer to home for me. (laughs) 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 Right. Although I've never been dog sledding and that's what this book is about, right? Dog sledding in the, uh, the Klondike gold rush. Yes. 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 The late 19th century. And then we're hitting another RL Stein goosebumps. Beware Mm -hmm. the snowman. Back to Goosebumps. Goosebumps, of a favorite. Mm-hmm. Hit up uh, Little uh, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, which I'm interested in because I know it's very heavily Christian-themed, or at least backgrounded. <laughs> really? You say that? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. As long as it's Jesus, mm-hmm. huh? That's fun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We'll have to read it with like the witch maybe being the Jesus figure and see how that Yeah, see how it throws out. out. Yeah. Maybe the witch is Jesus and is making it winter. They're all Jesus. I don't know. 
everybody's Jesus. Oh, everybody's Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> everybody's Jesus. Lucy, Lucy is Jesus. <laughs> and then Turkish now delight. I'm, now I'm confused. Mm. Our fourth, our fourth Turkish book delight. is Magic Treehouse. Magic Treehouse. Revolutionary War on Wednesday. Okay, Revolutionary War. Story, Wednesday. story of Washington at Valley Forge when it was all cold and snowy and bleak. And we'll get started on America. It'll be great. Yep, absolutely. F- founding fathers and their slaves. I was and- gonna say yes, and their <laughs> slaves. And you did not pick a Star Wars book this time for Choose Your Own nope, Adventure, you did correct? Not. Okay. No, I'm not going with Empire Strikes Back for Choose Your Own Adventure. I will be going with the Abominable Snowman, which is actually from the Choose Your Own Adventure series. Nice. Isn't that number one? Number one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. The very Look first one. The very first be choose your own adventure. Hunting Sweet. yetis. And then You're we'll welcome. be back to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Ramble on for an hour and a half about <laughs> things we've already talked about, which is why it's about called, how great we did. <laughs> which is why this episode is called Reiterated. <laughs> yep. It's our victory lap. Yep. Where we get to not read in advance for it. Yeah, we get to not read a book for a minute. We do watch movies sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. That's yeah. always fun. So, until we see you next time, uh, thanks for, for listening. And give a shit. Read some lit. Have great whatever time of the day it is for you. Thanks, everybody. Get hit. Read a bit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>